Welcome to Sisters Speak Fringe, where we discuss season three of the Fox TV series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode 18. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to a new season of Sister Speak Fringe. Yep. We are um, changing up the way that we do our recaps. We're each going to do half the show <laughs> to try to make it a little bit easier for labor intense for both of us. So I will start with the first half of the episode one titled Olivia. Okay. We start the episode by seeing Olivia sitting in a chair, staring intently into space. And we hear a female voice telling her that they are trying to help her get her back to her life, her job, and her family. Olivia kind of butts in and says, this is not my home. And the voice kind of disbelievingly recites some of the story that Olivia's told, which is that she's from another universe and there are other people in that universe that are just like the people in this alternate world. Um, Olivia agrees with her recitation of the story and the camera finally pans out and we see a lady who we later find out, well, I don't know if we really find out, but her name is Dr. Anderson. Um, she's telling Olivia that because of her job, it's perfectly normal for um, her to feel her mind to come up with a fantasy to cope with the events that she deals with on a daily basis and because she had a head injury at the site of the opera house. Um, Olivia disagrees with that, and then Dr. Anderson asks her if she agrees, at least, that she's an agent with the Fringe Division, and Olivia says yes, she works for the FBI. At this point, the camera pans out further, and we see that camera, er, Olivia is tied to the chair she's sitting in, so she's tied down. Um, Dr. Anderson holds up a picture of Olivia and her mother and asks her who it, if this was her mother. Olivia says it looks like her mother, but it's not her. Uh, the doctor holds up another picture, which is of Charlie and another picture of Lincoln, her partner there in the alternate world, and asks if they're her partners, and Olivia says no. Uh, the doctor then asks her about another picture that is of Olivia with an Olympic medal and a rifle. And Olivia tells her it's a picture of a, another Olivia, the one from over here. Dr. Anderson asks her how an alternate universe sounds to her, and Olivia tells her that it sounds preposterous, but it's true. She asks her who Peter is, and Olivia says that, um, and then tells Olivia that she said the name outside the opera house when she was injured. So at first, Olivia didn't really answer her, but then tells her that he's her colleague and that they were looking for him when they crossed over. Um, she tells her that they that she mu she thinks that they must have just went home without her. <clears throat> and doctor, the doctor tells her it's scary not to be in control of one's own mind. And Olivia tells her that she's not crazy and that the, mother in the, pit, the, the woman in the picture is not her mother because her mother died when she was 14. She tells her that Charlie Francis was murdered, the one that she knew, and that she's never won an Olympic medal for marksmanship. She tells the doctor that none of these things are hers and that it's not her life. We next see someone watching this interview on a video monitor, basically on a computer, and the camera pans out, and we see the doctor asking Olivia why would they make her think she's someone that she's not. Olivia tells us she has no idea why, and then we see Walter watching that monitor, or the alternate Walter. Walternate. Walternate. Um, another man enters the room while he's watching this, 
and it turns out to be Brandon or Agent Brandon on this side. Mm -hmm. Walker tells him that the treatments are not working. Brandon tells him that that's not surprising because transferring memories are a long shot. Walker tells him to try again and Brandon gives him tells him that giving her another dose may kill her. Walter goes on to say that they are at war and that somehow she came here and is equipped to move through universes and they need her to help them learn this skill or they will have uh, they will not win the war and they'll have <coughs> nothing left to protect. He tells them to try again. So we see a guard opening up the door to Olivia's cell, which is like a solitary confinement little cell, where she's sleeping in on a narrow bed with no covers. She looks groggy and she asks the guard if it's time for dinner, and he says no. He grabs her by the arm and leads her down this long hall to an elevator locked by a keypad. While he's punching in the numbers, she's peeping it out. Um, so we next see Olivia tied down to a hospital bed, and we see Brandon and another random man <laughs> getting um, medical supplies ready. Technician. Technician. <laughs> random tech. Um, getting some... Uh, supplies together. Syringes. Uh, the tech is getting a bunch of syringes mm -hmm. and Brandon is opening this case with these big huge little jars full of liquid and one of them says Olivia Dunham um, and has some other information on it. Um, so as the tech is giving Olivia um, the first shot we notice that her arm is full of needle marks so they've been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. She's asking them please don't do this and um, of course he does. He reaches around to get her second shot and just sticks it into her arm when Olivia says that she doesn't feel well and starts convulsing, saying she can't breathe. Um, Brandon runs over to her and tells the tech to unstrap her. And when they unstrap her arms, Olivia grabs the needle from her arm and stabs Brandon in the neck and punches the other tech out. <clears throat> she unstraps her legs and then kicks the tech guard guy and punches and kicks Brandon to where they both kind of fell out. Uh, she escapes the room and runs down the hall. And as she rounds this corner, she, I guess, hears the guard who took her from her cell coming, uh, coming down the, the hall. She hits him in the neck. He falls to the ground gasping and she steals his gun. Uh, we hear an alarm as she runs to the elevator and puts in the code uh, while two guards chase and shoot at her. Uh, the doors close, and then we see Olivia running outside and through a wooded area. She comes to the edge of a cliff, and we see that we see a cityscape on the other side of this big, huge body of water. Mm -hmm. And then she turns around and looks up, and we see the uh, Statue of Liberty. So she's on Liberty Island. Mm -hmm. She sees um, a whole bunch of guards running after her with flashlights, so she jumps into the water. Um, so that's the first whole section before the first commercial, which is, or the credits, which is pretty cool. Um, so when we get back, we see Olivia jumping into a taxi cab, um, who is being run by Henry and she pulls her gun on him and asks his name. He tells her it's Henry and she tells him to drive. He, um, takes his little ID show me card and swipes it and then he starts the car and drives off. Uh, we switch over to see Broyles talking on the phone with Walter Nett, telling him that the shore patrol says there's no way she could have made it across with the current that was there. Um, but it, what he knows of her, she would be the only person who could survive it. Walter Nett tells him to find her, look for her. 
So back in the taxi cab, Henry asks Olivia why she's wearing a hospital gown if she's sick. She looks down at the track marks on her arm and tells him that she was being held against her will, had experiments done on her, and is being pursued by a faction of the government who are trying to make her think she's someone she isn't. He kind of looks at her in the rearview mirror like she's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, she sees a picture of a woman and a young girl on his dashboard and asks him if it's his family. He tells her that he just got his life together, back together, and doesn't want any trouble. And she tells him that there won't be any if he does what she tells him to do. She tells him to pull over and to give her his ID. Show she, me. Yeah, his show me, his ID. Uh, she looks at it and tells him to go buy her some clothes. And if he doesn't, if he alerts anyone about her, she knows where he lives and trouble will find him. So while he goes into the store, Olivia sees a video monitor billboard sign, which is kind of cool, that announces daily flights to the moon on an airline called Gladderflug. <laughs> um, we see, we skip over to a scene with Charlie going to visit Lincoln in the hospital while he's doing his rehabilitation. He is all crispy, mm. burnt up, looking ugly. Lincoln asks Charlie what he knows about Olivia, and he t and Charlie tells him. That um, they say that she's had a complete psychotic break, but that she's strong and getting better. Lincoln, um, uh, he tells Lincoln that the other Olivia escaped to the other side with Peter and the other Walter. Broyles arrives and tells them that Olivia escaped from the facility on Liberty Island the night before. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back in the taxi, Olivia is changing into her clothes into the clothes that Henry bought her. When he comments on the tattoo on the back of her neck, she kind of looks around surprised and says, well, they must have done this to me uh, because the other Olivia has the same tattoo. He agrees with her real quickly. and is like, oh, yeah, that's really that. Sure. That's what they did. <laughs> and she tells him not to placate her. He tells her it sounds crazy. Her saying she's being chased by the government and is a tattooed version of herself. Olivia is adamant when she tells him that she's not crazy and not who they say she is. Henry looks at her in the rearview mirror and it looks like he's starting to really kind of believe that she believes all this stuff and says, okay. He asks her where they're going and she says home. Back at the hospital, Broyles tells Lincoln and Charlie that they have no idea where she's gone, but they have, they're very concerned about having an unhinged member of the fringe division out on the loose. Lincoln starts to get dressed and tells them that they can, he can be out of the hyperbaric chamber for up to eight hours at a time and is going to help find her with his bad cell. So we next see Henry parking the car near the opera house and Olivia gets out of the car and gives him back his show me. She tells him that he can leave in 15 minutes if she's not back by then and he um, comments on the opera house being her home and she tells him that that's how she got there and that's how she's going to get back. He asks her what's to stop him from leaving at that right then, right as soon as she leaves. And she recites the total contents of his show me. His mm -hmm. address, his name, when his immunizations are due, blah, blah, blah. He looks surprised but kind of <laughs> resigned that she's going to get him if she wants to get him. Mm -hmm. Olivia walks up to the opera house where there's a big crowd of protesters and heads to the front door, but a policeman stops her and then recognizes her. He asks her if it's true that people are disappearing into thin air, and she stares at him, and he just says, well, I know it's classified and can't tell me anything. 
She tells him that she needs to go in for a minute and he stops her and tells her it's too late because the protocols are already in place. At this point, he starts pushing her back when they hear a popping noise and see smoke coming from the inside of the building. As the smoke kind of pushes out the door, it hardens into this amber rock looking substance and the whole building is sealed and quarantined. Olivia looks crushed at this. Um, back at the French Division, New York, we see Broyles, Charlie, and Lincoln going to headquarters, and we see Astrid viewing a video monitor and reciting probabilities, percentages of what Olivia will do. Return to headquarters, surrender, uh, contact somebody she knows, try to leave the country, or return to the scene of entry. <clears throat> just then, another agent comes up and tells them that they just confirmed that Olivia was at the opera house and left in a city taxi. Broyles tells them to track the taxi and find her. Uh, Henry, we back at the taxi. Henry asks Olivia where they're going, and she tells him to just keep on driving. She doesn't know what she's going to do. He gets a phone call, and she kind of looks at him, and he says, well, it's from my wife. And she says, go ahead and answer it, but don't try anything. And as he's talking to the wife, she's listening real closely to his conversation. When he gets off the phone, she asks him what her name is, and he tells her Jasmine. Or baby, or honey, excuse me. He says, if I'm in the doghouse, it's honey, and most of the time, it's honey. <coughs> he asks her if she has someone special, and she says, sort of. And he tells her that's an odd name, sort of. And she tells him that the name, uh, his name is Peter, and that's sort of the reason she's there. Right then, she gets an idea, and she tells him to go to Massive Dynamic and gives him the address. He tells, he, he tells her he's never heard of it, but that they're going to need some gas if they have to get there. To that address. When they get to the gas station, she takes the keys and heads to the bathroom. When she gets in the bathroom, she looks at the tattoo on the back of her neck and goes into the stall and starts crying. Back of the taxi, we see Henry looking at a picture of his family and leaning on the car as if he's praying. Um, we see Olivia come out of the bathroom, and when she does, we see Lincoln, burnt up Lincoln, standing there telling her he's glad they found her, and she just stares at him. And then Sister Jay, you want to continue? Okay. Olivia tells uh, Lincoln not to come any closer. And, of course, she's got him at gunpoint. And Lincoln's trying to, you know, convince her that, that you know, he knows how she feels and to come with him. And uh, Olivia makes Lincoln put his gun down on the ground and kick it over to her. And when he does, then she she picks up the gun and then she marches him into that nasty restroom. And she takes this wooden pallet and wedges it, <clears throat> excuse me, up under the door. And as she's coming around uh, the corner of the building to go back to the cab, then we see a big black SUV drive up, you know, and stomp on its brakes and two men get out with their guns drawn. And of course, Henry's looking at him like, what, what, you know? So Olivia continues walking, uh, walking to the cab and she's yelling to Henry to get in the car. And then she's shooting out the windows of the SUV as she's doing that. And, and she tosses Henry the keys and tells him, go, go, go. And he stomps on the gas. Well, as they're driving away from the gas station, there's a big gas tank over to the uh, uh, next to this fence on the way out. And Charlie steps out in front of that gas tank. And he's, of course, you know, got his gun pointed at, like he's going to shoot at the cab. So Olivia sticks her whole body out of the cab as it's driving, speeding. And she looks like she's going to shoot Charlie, but of course she shoots the big gas 
thing and it blows up. And of course, Char Charlie falls on the ground. <clears throat> and so as they're driving away, Henry's saying, wow, you're a hell of a shot. And then and Olivia says, uh, she looks real surprised. She says, actually, I'm not. So about that time, I think Henry has made up his mind. Okay, she's telling the truth. So as he's driving down the street, Henry reaches down somewhere under the dashboard and he's pulling out this tracking device and he tosses it out the window and he says, they won't be able to find us now. So Olivia just looks at him and says, thank you. You know, now back at the Department of Defense, Walternet and Broyles are watching on the monitor that shows a film of Olivia at the gas station and, you know, all what happened and how she shot the gas tank and stuff. And Broyles is saying that, you know, she's the only person at the fringe division who can actually make that shot, you know, and not actually shoot Charlie instead. And Walton, it's kind of smiles just a little bit. And he says, it's working. Mm -hmm. Now we're back in the cab and Henry is driving to the address that, um, Olivia gave him for massive dynamic. And of course, there is no massive dynamic there. But what is there is a park, and it says the Martin Luther King Jr. and Eldridge Cleaver Park. So it's dedicated to them. Olivia's just like flabbergasted. She, she doesn't know what to do. So she kind of gets out of the cab and walks into the park. And Henry says, well, you know, maybe you got the wrong address and stuff, so why don't I check the streets and stuff? And she's kind of walking into the center of the park and she's just standing there looking up and, and she says to herself, I'm stuck here, you know? And, uh, about that time, that bit, one of those big old blimps that, that, that fly around in the alternate universe, it's like coming over her and she's kind of looking up at it. And Henry walks up to her and, and, you know, is asking her if she's okay. And, so Olivia gives Henry another address to take her. She says it's a safe house that Walter told her about, and it's in Terrytown, and she gives him the address, and Henry says, well, that's about 40 minutes away. So Olivia says, well, I guess we better go then. So <clears throat> in the meantime, Charlie goes to Olivia's apartment, and he talks to Frank. And as we see inside the apartment, as we see Frank walking to the door, he's putting a robe on, but he has that same sunburst tattoo in the middle of his back where Olivia has it on the back of her neck. So he's got that same tattoo. Mm -hmm. Now, Charlie, uh, you know, he invites Charlie to come in. And Charlie, of course, is questioning Frank about, you know, where Olivia might be. And after like a few minutes, he says, well, um... Marilyn, her mother Marilyn, and Charlie says, well, I thought she was still in France, and he says, well, she, she came back as soon as she heard, you know, what happened to Olivia, so she's back in town, so I'm sure Charlie's going to go there. Anyway, so next scene, we're back at the taxi, and Henry is, uh, has stopped the cab in front of this huge white house. It's really, really pretty. It's real big, and Olivia tells him thank you and, you know, to go home to his family. And, and Charlie says, well, you know, I can wait for you if you want. And, and she tells him, no, go home to your family. You know, so he's kind of looking at her like, okay. And Olivia tells him she's not crazy, but to prove that to you, I'd have to tell you some things that are even crazier. And Henry kind of looks at her and says, you know, a few years ago, I was in a bad way. And, and he tells her, but... You know, he couldn't pull himself out. But inside, he knew he was somebody else. But there was only one person who actually believed him, and that was Jasmine. She saw the man that I knew I was, and she was the only one. 
And then Henry tells her, sometimes you got to believe what you can't see. Mm-hmm. So Olivia kind of smiles and tells him thank you and gets on off cat. And she goes up to the house, and when she rings the doorbell, of course, nobody answers. So she walks around to the side, and she finds an unlocked window, and she climbs through the window. Now, when she gets in the house, she she's drawn out her gun, and is kind of tiptoeing through the house, and she hears music and stuff. My first thought is, okay, somebody's in the house. Couldn't they hear that doorbell? But anyway, but she hears music and stuff, so she kind of tips down this long hall, and she ends up in the uh, living room. And as she's going to the living room, it looks like in the kitchen, there's this big, huge, it looks like a golden lab dog. And he's just laying on the floor, wagging his tail like he recognizes her. And he didn't move or anything. He's just wagging his little tail. So Olivia goes to the living room, and she's looking at all the pictures on the mantel. And when her mother comes in, and she says, Olive? And, of course, you know, Olivia hugs her mother and stuff. And then she starts getting a little upset. And, and she, you know... Pushes her away and says, uh, you're not my mother. I'm not your daughter. Uh, and the mother's trying to tell her, Olivia, you're just confused. And Olivia's trying to tell her, no, I've never been here before. And you're not my mother. And this isn't real. And her mother says, well, then if you've never been here before, how'd you know how to come here? So that kind of sparks Olivia's brain. And she kind of looks kind of wild eyed. And she says, I helped you paint, didn't I? And the, the mother tells her, yeah. You, uh, uh, I wanted blue, but you wanted yellow because it was more cheerful. So Olivia uh, begins to remember, and she really hugs her mother in earnest this time. The next scene we have, Charlie's knocking on the front door, and the mother, Marilyn, Mother Marilyn opens it up, and, and she says, Olivia's here, you know. So Charlie goes in, and Olivia's sitting there, and she's looking like, I guess, the alternate Olivia looks and she says, hey, or something like that, you know. Now, back at the Department of Defense, Walternet is telling Brandon, the scientist who injected Olivia, that his plan has finally worked and that all they had to do was give it a little more time. And he says, no, it wasn't time. It was the adrenaline, the adrenaline of her escaping and running in the taxi and all of that kicked in those transferred some kind of blood something something over her brain and <laughs> transferred the memory. I didn't catch that, but and transferred the memories. So now our Olivia thinks or believes she is Bolivia or the alternate Olivia. So they seem very pleased. <clears throat> now, next we have uh, Olivia and Char where Charlie is putting Olivia in the car. And he is driving her away from the mother's house. And as they're driving away, Olivia is thanking Charlie for being her friend. And Charlie's thanking her for not shooting him, you know. And we, we also see um, Henry. And he kind of follows them in the cab. Because Henry, I guess, had, had driven down the street and then decided, I'm going to wait anyway. But he kind of followed the car down the, down the street a little bit. But then he turned and went left as the as Olivia and Charlie went straight. So I guess he's going to go on home. No. Okay, well, anyway. Now, back at the Department of Defense, Walternet is talking to Broyles via a video screen. And Walternet is saying that at, to give Olivia the weekend, and after the weekend's over, it's time for her to go to work. And Broyles is asking or questioning Walternet, why was it necessary to convince Olivia 
that she was really their Olivia, like the alternate Olivia. And Walter says, well, you don't need to know that right away. You know, it's not necessary. And Broyles insists, and he says, you know, I'm putting my team at risk here, so I need to know now. And uh, Walternet just kind of smiles and says, good work today, Philip. Click, and he terminates the call. <laughs> now, back in our universe, Peter is giving a statement to some officials at the Capitol. And the alternate Olivia is sitting on the steps outside watching Walter eat some eat an Oreo cookie. And she's asking him about his hair, uh, excuse me, his um, uh, shoes. And, and she says, oh, you're bringing them back, huh? And he says, oh, where'd they go? I thought that was hilarious. And we also noticed that the alternate Olivia has lightened up her hair. So she's back to blonde now. Kind of. Mm, uh, kind of blondie now. So, you know, Peter comes out of the building and he says, you know, all that's over with. They can get on with their lives now. And Walter says, great, because I'm hungry. Let's go to dinner, you know. And then Peter and Olivia kiss and they leave to go to dinner. That's the end of that episode. It was a good episode, but good. I don't like I don't like Olivia and Peter kissing and no, stuff. No, I, I do not that. like that. I don't either. Oh. And I kept hoping that when they kissed, he would go, "You don't feel the same, same or, or something," but something. obviously not. Or that Walter would look up and see her shimmering, or something to see that she's. But Walter not, can't see the shimmer. Can't see the shimmer. Only only our <laughs> only our real Olivia can see the shimmer. I know. See. Oh, and that's another thing I did. Uh, I did forget to mention because I was, you know, I'm trying to keep these shorter. But but, Walternet did mention to Broyles that Olivia has the ability. He doesn't know. Uh, I'm not sure if Walternet knows about the Cortexafan. I'm not sure. I don't think so. But he said to Broyles that Olivia has the ability to come to our universe. And so we have to use that. He's, and once we can use that, then we can win the war. He said mm-hmm. that to Brandon, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, <coughs> excuse me. He doesn't know how. So, you know, apparently he doesn't know how. They're getting back and forth. He doesn't yeah. know where to go, how to go. Mm-hmm. So, which made, which brought up a point to me of, okay, who then are the shapeshifters? I thought he was the one sending the shapeshifters over. No, didn't you? Don't you remember in the finale from last season, Walter was questioning William Bell, and he said, "You invented those shapeshifters. You made those shapeshifters." And he said, "William Bell told Walter that he had to because he had to be able to get back over there, but he couldn't physically go back over there anymore." So, uh, but uh, William Bell invented those shapeshifters. But they turned bad. I think so. I, because that's what I got confused on. I'm like, okay, so then. I forgot about that. I, I think it was just a byproduct. It's just like when you uh, when you invent a new something or like a new drug, but there might be side effects. I think the fact that the shapeshifters had to kill their host was like a side effect that he hadn't counted on. You well, see what I'm saying? it's not only that. They're trying to open up the world. They're trying to open up the door between <clears throat> the worlds. But they went bad. But they went something bad. Yeah, yeah. So I need to go back and watch that because I didn't yeah. get that part. But yeah. So, yeah, so that was interesting to see him say, you know, we need her. And it was kind of smart, actually. Mm-hmm. We can't just sit and, ter- ter- uh, what do you call it, interrogate her. Forever. And, and ask her forever what the hell's going on and mm-hmm. how they did it. We need to get her to think she's 
are Olivia. Yep. And maybe she'll say some shit that she knows and we'll find out. Well, what I want to know is, well, just like Broyles, to what end? Okay, you want to get to the other universe, but to what end? So you're going to have two people over there believing that they're the alternate Olivia. Well, because well, because uh, Bolivia, who's over there now, she knows she's Bolivia. Oh yeah, she but knows. Our Olivia believes she's Bolivia. Oh, believe me, she's not gonna no- believe that forever. Well, no, she's not gonna believe that she's that's the true. real Olivia for or that's Olivia true. forever. But I really like this episode because, first of all, I like the guy playing Henry Higgins because oh, yes. as um, soon as I saw him, I Andre remember. As soon as I saw him, though, I. I thought of that um, sci-fi movie that he was in. Sci-fi? Oh, yeah. He was in a sci-fi movie. He was movie. in The Wire. Yeah, but he was also in the sci-fi movie. Uh, oh, and I meant to look it up so I could uh, um, uh, tell it. Because he was he was uh, like a, 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 a human-alien hybrid. And he turned out to, to you know, rat on the people. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll look it up and have it for, for next week. But... But I did like seeing him, though. I do like him as an actor, so that was good. And I like the fact that there toward the end, he was believing her. And the little story he told her, hmm, there might be a reason why he believed he was somebody else. And Jasmine is the only one that actually believed him. You know what I mean? I mean, it seemed to me that was a little foreshadowing for maybe something else. Maybe they're doing this to other people, too. No. To see if they could do it. I didn't take it like that. Ooh, I, I did. Like he had gotten in trouble with the law or with like on drugs or something. I, I didn't. Is th- what made it think to me. Or did you catch him say when the wife called, it's in Laura's old room. Mm-hmm. Laura, I'm assuming, is the baby. Mm-hmm. That's in the picture. Maybe the daughter died. Maybe some tragedy happened. Well, see, when and he... And maybe that's what he meant by, I'm just now getting my life back on track, and I don't need to have any more trouble. Well, I didn't think that at all. I When he said that, I immediately got the thought that perhaps he was one of the subjects that they had experimented on with this uh, mind transfer before. And, you know, because who knows what his backstory is, and then somehow... They just, you know, let him integrate into, like, regular society. That's what I thought, though. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, maybe this, maybe a similar thing happened to him. But, I, of course, you know, we'll see. But I thought it was a good episode, though. Yeah. I thought it was very... Oh, it was great. Very well done. And, I mean, Walternet is so sneaky. Oh, yeah. And he is so sneaky. I, I really love when they let Anator be tough. I know. And I like that she, you know... I kind of, when it was first starting to happen, I didn't like the fact that they were going to make her really think she mm-hmm. was the faux Olivia. Mm-hmm. But now that I think about it, now that it's sitting in my mind for a minute, I like that. It's but really clever. First, I was thinking, no, no. I know. Let her pretend like she thinks she's the faux Olivia so that she's fully aware of it and tries to get information. Well. But I think that's what will end up happening eventually. I think, I think, and especially when Charlie came to the door, just the way she looked and stuff, I think that she halfway is not pretending, but she's halfway. I think she's still Olivia, but she's half 
halfway doing it. Yeah. You know? And I think that's what's going to be the detriment to Walternette because she's going to actually remember, but I'm I'm the other Olivia. I'm the Olivia you know. Well, I think it's gonna be dub like maybe half and half of that. Mm-hmm. I think she really does I think her mind now is tricking her. Well it is but because eventually she's gonna figure out, okay, I really am the real one. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep pretending like I'm the faux one. Well, another thing we don't know is, and that is, you know, we heard Brandon say, oh, it's the adrenaline that kicked in and now it's transferred to memories and stuff. But we don't know how long the effect lasts either. Right. And See? without drugs. Yeah. Without more infusion. Exactly. However, maybe that's, maybe Charlie don't have no worms. And maybe Charlie has to shoot that shit in himself to keep that memory. No, because Charlie really is Charlie because the other one died. That's true. That's real. Now, <clears throat> I still want to know what the hell the worms are because Lincoln <laughs> mentioned it in the rehab place yeah. about the worms. Yeah. So we have to get a story about the worms. Well, you know what? I'm makes- sure we're going to get it. Remember that episode last season with the worms where those they were smuggling those Chinese families in yes. and, and making them eat those... Uh, Motion mm-hmm. sick tablets. Yep. That's what it made me think about. And I was like, I wonder if he got I one. I about that. Maybe he has to take the shot to suppress those things. Ooh. You know, what if one who was living in you and the only way to survive is to suppress? I don't know. But it made I me forgot about, about that episode, but yeah. That was nasty. I don't think so, though. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was nasty. That was a wormy type thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. There were so many nasty episodes mm-hmm. last season that, you know. I like this one, too, because we didn't have too much gross out. But no. I missed I missed the the lab. I missed seeing That's coming. Astrid and but you know what? Walter in the right. lab concocting stuff. But that's coming. But they had to deal with this though. Yes. They had to deal with this. And I like the fact that it, it appears anyway that this has taken place over a, a matter of at least a week, maybe even a couple of three weeks. Therefore, my question is when we get back to our universe. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, you, uh-uh. you don't think so? Uh-uh, I think it's been a day. One day? Yeah. I don't think it's been one yeah, day. Because they say, yeah, I think so. At least two days. Well, yeah. But not much longer after that. Because whenever they have one of those events, mm-hmm. they do that Amber Alert thing. where they. Well, that's true. And I remember them saying something about when the doctor was talking to her about when we found you or when you, when we found you at the opera house last night, mm-hmm. I thought that's what she said. You were mumbling Peter's name and you had a bump on your head or you were mm-hmm. injured. I don't think it's been a whole week though. Although she had a bunch of track marks. She did. See, I thought simply because of the track marks, they was trying to let us it know that it was over a period of time it and not just like, you know, one one or two days. But anyway, that's not even my point. My point is, is that I want to know who the the alternate Olivia has interacted with. And if anybody got an inkling, she wasn't the real Olivia. Whether it's whether it's her little niece, Ella, or her oh. sister, or or the guy at the bowling alley, or you know who? And I bet you he can tell. Oh, he'll tell. I bet but you she he won't can even tell. Know about him. Yeah, see, she won't, know she about won't him. even know about him. Hmm. So. Oh yeah, that's gonna be she, good. Because this Olivia doesn't know everything. But about. if she don't go see him, 
He'll come see her because he know where she lives. Maybe she didn't see him every day. No, but but she did it was see only him. She was having problems, and he knew that she was going to the alternate universe. So I don't remember him knowing that. Yeah, I think he knew they was all leaving. But but, but I don't, I wonder if Nina Sharp would be able to tell. I don't know. I hmm. think she can just chalk it up for a while to transferring back and forth. Yeah, maybe. And the fact that Peter couldn't tell. I think Ella will definitely be able to well, tell. Well, but Peter, baby. Peter's the alternate Peter, so I don't expect for him to be able to tell. You see, you know what I'm saying? I think he will eventually. But now, if Walter, for some reason, builds that little contraption just in case, you know, then he'll be yeah. able to tell. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to tell. Or, if... And then I wonder if Olivia, if the, if the alternate Olivia has taken the time to, like, read up on herself or something. Because her role in our universe is different. And she knows nothing, as far as I know, about that Cortex fan and the whole thing. So if Walter says anything about it... Oh, she'll roll with it. Well, but, you know... She'll try to roll with it. And there might be a case that comes up where he asks her to see if she can use her abilities and she won't be able to. Well, that's true, but, she'll, but you know, she'll roll with it and say, "Oh, I don't know what's happening," you know, because mm-hmm. she's smart and yeah. she's she's and both of them are smart, and so they're going to be able to roll with it. And she's, um, and you can tell because they've set up a precedent on the alternate side that she's won this gold medal in marksmanship. Yeah, she, you know, had these. She knows she was in the same kind of job. She knows how to play with it, mm-hmm. roll with the punches. As soon as someone says something, try to figure out what you know what else you can get out of them. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting, and I kind of like where they're going with it. I just hope it doesn't take the whole season to get. I don't think it will, but I, I think, don't think it will. I hope they don't try to let that stretch the whole season. I don't think now, it will. What I really, really liked about this episode was you're right, Henry Andre yeah. Royo. Yeah, I loved him and his like interaction him. with Olivia is good. I really, really liked it. Now, what makes you think that he didn't go home? He didn't go home when, when, when he pulled out. Which I didn't even think about him staying there. But when he stayed there, I and saw her driving off in that government car. Yep, he turned the other way, like back to the mama's house. To me, so in my opinion, I thought he was going back to the mama's house. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Because New York, where he lived, supposedly would have been the way they were going. That's true. He turned the opposite way, which to me well, see, was going to the mama's house to maybe ask her. Mm-hmm. Well, and at first I thought, well, maybe he's just going to go around the block and then pick them up. So they, Follow them. So they won't, you know, because government people would could see if they're being tailed, see. Uh, but then that that makes sense that maybe he I think turned back probably, to the mama's house and maybe he gonna go up there and say, "Well, I was supposed to take Olivia back." Yeah, where they go, I'm or a friend or, of hers, or something, or something. Yeah. Hmm. What I hope does not happen is I hope they don't treat his character like that damn Agent Jessup character last season. Yeah, she was just drunk. We don't see him again for I know. who knows how long. Yeah. Now I know they can't show us both universes every week. But at least I hope we get some back and forth. I think we're we, going to. Yeah. Because. Yeah, I think we're going to. And it looks like next week it's going to be in our universe. And I just, yeah, I need to see more of our universe because I need to see this interaction mm-hmm. with her and Ella. Yeah, I want to see the fake Olivia interact with the people because yeah. I want to see 
if she does any quirks or, you know, if, if she gives him any looks or... And that was weird, too. I didn't think she would be asking that question, but I guess she knows Walter's kind of off and maybe wouldn't catch it. But when she was asking him about his shoes, like, yeah. oh, those are coming... You're bringing those back? That was a slip, I think. That was a slip. That was a slip. Yeah, that was a slip because, see, those shoes in her universe... Are, are out of favor yeah. or whatever. And, and and Walter being Walter, oh, where'd they go? You know? Mm-hmm. And so that was a slip on her part. I think so, too. And if you notice her facial expression, she just kind of smiled. Like it was like you said, oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I got to watch that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I caught that. I that. I did, too. I'm like, why would you say that? But you know what? See... As crazy as Walter is, when once he starts putting shit together, he yeah. gonna he gonna remember that little line right there. You yeah. watch, uh-huh. what you bet he gonna remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah, she did say about my shoes. You know, or this is gonna be a whole bunch of little bitty little bitty stuff that nobody will pick up on. That but Walter he will, will. Mm-hmm. maybe Astrid will. And I like the way that they are portraying the the alternate um, Astrid because she is without any. Other equipment, they're like computer genius person, you know. I mean, because them numbers was going just like a ticker tape, and she was calculating the probabilities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like I said in the last um, our recap for last season, I really like the alternate universe in the fact that it gives us a different view of all yeah. the characters. And so we can see a different side of, of all the actors and different personalities. And I was so surprised and amazed to see Brandon over there. And he kind of ruthless. Because he, he's the one that's developed this little me- memory transfer thing. Well, they're thing. all there to guard, supposedly to guard the interest of that world. I know. And so, but still, I thought that was excellent. Though I mean, he wasn't the nice, little friendly, little affable nerd, nerd guy like he yeah. is in our university. And in our universe, didn't he work at Massive Dynamic? Yeah, yeah. he worked for yeah. Massive Dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he so. knew all about the alternate, you know, universe, and he could he could calculate the uh, the probabilities and all that kind of yeah. stuff because he had all that equipment. But he was, you know, he was a uh, uh, very friendly and talkative, and you know, nerdy. Yeah. In our universe. Yeah, yeah. In our universe. So I thought that was good too. Yeah. It was. And then the alternate, his little, he oh. told people what they needed to know and don't be asking me, don't, man. Oh, questions. he, click. Good, click. good work today, Philip. Click, click. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. Walter Net is too tough, though. I, I, he's ruthless, but I kind of like him, though. But it's interesting to see, wow. though. Now, that um, Lincoln guy, we thought was dead. Yeah. But they did say he he was still alive. Remember, on the bridge, they said he was still alive. And apparently, in this universe, they have way more advances in medicine than on ours. So, he's able to regenerate his skin. Mm -hmm. He can walk now. But he he also uses... So, yeah, you're right. It has to have been at least a week. Right. He also uses nanite wraps. So... They have the those little bitty nano nanonite things that could probably get in your skin and help regenerate it. Cause cause trust me, it maybe maybe the third time we go back to the alternate universe, he's gonna look just like he'll be healed up. Yeah. He he's gonna look just like he did mm-hmm. on the finale. 
Yeah. And I love seeing Charlie, even though he's I know. Charlie. I love Charlie, even love though we want to know what the worms are. But I love, I like Charlie Francis. I like that character. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So. So maybe this is a way we can keep Charlie on the show. <coughs> yeah. Or Kirk Acevedo on the yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Because I like that. And so now, I guess we're going to have uh, Marilyn, Olivia's, Bolivia's mother, or Olivia's mother, be a halfway regular, too. I don't know how much she would be well in the show. What's going to be interesting is, though, because she lives, I guess, with that with that Frank. Yeah. So we're going to see more of them interacting. We'll mm-hmm. see more of Peter and the real, or the other Olivia interacting mm-hmm. and seeing how... I mean, she's got a built-in excuse. I kind of feel weird because... Well, this is what I want to know. So since they put that tattoo on Olivia's neck, did they remove it from the alternate Olivia? Because Peter knows she don't have a tattoo on her neck. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to see. And one thing in this episode, okay, who was Walter talking to? I believe he was talking to Broyles, but uh, he might have been talking to Brandon, but I believe he was talking to Broyles, and that was the first confirmation, I think, that we had that. Yeah, it was all planned to make the switch because uh-huh. because then he said make the switch or something like that. Mm-hmm. So see, they knocked Olivia out and and carted her on off while the Bolivia girl was getting was getting dressed and stuff. Charlie was talking to Lincoln, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, she's infiltrated them mm-hmm. and she's with them now. So, but see, and from the scenes from next week, it makes me think that they do know something about the shapeshifters. Because she's going to that typewriter place. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how she with Newton. No, she is communicating with Waltonet. How does she know to do that though? If they don't know anything about how they get over. Because her instructions were to go to that place, and to type, if, if you notice, I mean, he had to tell her. He okay. When Olivia, in the finale, when 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 the alternate Olivia realized that Peter was back from from the other universe, she demanded to know some stuff. And Walter, I'm sure, had to tell her because the, because Peter had been gone for 20 years. How did he get back? You see what I'm saying? So, and and she saw herself on. That monitor, and she had fought with herself. Okay, but my point is, if Walternet does not know how they're traveling between universes, he, he must know. How does he know there's a typewriter shop where they he, communicate okay. back and forth? Walter knows because he has to. That's what I'm saying. Right. Because when Newton was at the hotel, saying Peter, uh, Mr. Secretary, he's the one that bought uh, uh, bought Walternet over on that bridge. Yeah, so what the hell is he talking about? She knows. Okay, so that's where, okay, this makes sense then. Yeah, This is why I'm confused. <laughs> and I thought it was me, but now I know it's not. No. So. Why are you So confused? why was he saying to Brandon, well, she knows how to travel between universes. And she knows um, information that will help us win this war. So we need to. Get her to believe that she's our Olivia so that she can help us. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. And that's because if you remember when Walternet came over here, they had to send the shapeshifters first. They had to infiltrate 
three people to set those little things up. Right, to open the and, portal. And open the portal and all that stuff. Well, evidently, Walter believes that Olivia can just come over. And because that's a, a Walter net. And, and that's what Walter did. Uh, Walter Olivia. Net? No. Okay, Olivia, Olivia and the other Cortexafan children who are now adults yes. were able to do that themselves. Right. Period. They didn't have William Bell. So how does Walter know that? Well, he he mustn't well, he knows they came over and he knows that they don't have the shapeshifters and shit like he do. Yeah. So he's wanting to know how'd they get over. And obviously they that they, they left. And the only reason they left her behind is because they had already snatched her first and switched her with the alternate Olivia. See? I still, that's still a question to me. Oh, not I to me. To, I need to, yeah. To me, that still doesn't make sense. So, when Makes they snatched Peter, or not snatched him, but when they came on that episode, Northwest or Northeast, whatever the hell passed. Northwest passage. And they came, and Newton was there, and he says, Mr. Secretary, and they get Peter. And take him back to the portal and they go. Yep. Back to the other universe. Yep. So if he, if Walter knows how to do that already, mm-hmm. what's the whole point of making Olivia think she's the real Olivia? Well, we're going to find that out. Yeah. We're going to find, I mean, you know. We we're, don't know yet. We're going to find that out with broils. You know, yeah. I mean, they're not going to give you all that information on, on episode one. I thought it was, and that's where I got myself confused, I guess. I thought it was because he wanted to know how to get between the worlds. But I don't he believe obviously so. Knows he already. obviously knows. He does. He obviously knows. But he, he, also, he also believes, I believe, that Olivia particularly has some kind of skill. And he wants to know what that is. Because he, he, he pretty nearly said that. And I believe it was the conversation he was talking to Broyles. Could be wrong. Now, if he came to get his son back, I get it. Because he wanted his son back. But it doesn't seem like he's too uh, worried about Peter going back. Okay. Well, but think about it. That's because Peter now knows he was going to be the symbiont for that doomsday uh, 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 thing. Peter's an adult. He can't go over to the alternate universe or, or our universe and say, son, they snatched you 20 years ago. Come on back home with me. Because that's what he told him the first time. Right. Peter didn't know that he wanted him. The only reason he wanted him back was to work that device. But but when the observers let, uh, left that drawing and then, then the real Olivia gave him that drawing, then he knew. He knew. So, yeah. Walter is not going back. I mean, Walternet is smart. He's he's very, he's smarter than all the other yeah, people. Yeah, he don't really want Peter back. No, he doesn't. Because he now knows, oops, I can't use that doomsday device. So now we're going to have to do another thing. And what did he say? And with her, we can win the war. Uh-huh. And to win the war means that he intend, he still destroy intends to destroy universe. our universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's not stupid. He knows Peter's gone. He can't use Peter anymore. Now, what are you going to tell wifey? I don't know. Well, Peter mama. Because she went, just got him back. Yeah. She just got him back. And now he gone. And he willingly <laughs> left. So what are you going to tell wifey? Well, you better believe she. Uh, he's telling them they snatched him. They made him go. Yeah, you know? they took him. Yeah, they took him. 
again. And I'm fighting. And I'm fighting to get him back. To get him back. Yeah. 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 He telling her something like that. So. Ooh. Oh, I'm so glad Fringe is back, though. I, yeah, I'm waiting Ooh. for another episode to clear my mind. And it looks like by the previews. All... Shall we discuss previews? Yeah, okay. I did already. It, it looks like by the previews that they are looking for some other kind of doomsday device. Now, I'm not sure if this was one of the de- uh, or a device that was maybe planted by one of the observers or the one of the observers knew about or something. But that that it looks like that that's what they're they're uh, doing in this episode. But also, to me, one of the most intriguing little snippets on the um, on the uh, previews was the uh, last will and testament of William Bell. Oh. Because we saw Nina Sharp sitting there and Walter sitting there and there was somebody else sitting there, but, but it went too quick. I couldn't see. But the guy was saying, this is the last will and testament. And he's, and he's taking off like a sheet or something, off of something. Mm-hmm. So I didn't notice that part. Oh yeah, I did. That's going to be interesting to see what that is. See, but anyway. So okay, all right. Well, that was a great episode, it was good. and because it was our first one, we don't have any uh, emails. Okay. To discuss, so I'm sure we'll get some though. We do have several people who've mentioned they are going to be watching Fringe, mm-hmm. so hopefully they'll write in with their what they know. Help me understand what's going on. <laughs> our email address is sisterspeak at gmail.com. Our voicemail number is 972-692-7341. Our website is sistersinreview.com. We're both on Twitter at underscore sisterj and underscore sisterk. And Facebook at facebook.com slash sisterspeakpodcast. And that's a great place to go to interact with all the different uh, listeners we have that like that page. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's it for now. I'm Sister K. And I'm Sister J. See you next time.